Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you and praise you. We thank you again uh, for this privilege of coming to your holy word. Uh, we're just, uh, we're honored, we're blown away by your love. We can't uh, even hardly imagine how much you love us, but we're grateful that you do. So Lord, as we look today as, as, as lo at love at the heart of Christmas, we pray that we just realize again, uh, how much you love us, how much you are for us. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. I'm going to read one text uh, initially, uh, the Galatians text, and then we'll come back and read the 1 Corinthians uh, text uh, in the midst of the sermon. Uh, and then I'll share, of course, others uh, as we go along. But Galatians 4, verses uh, 4 through 7, this is a text we've looked at a number of times uh, throughout this season, or I've referred to it. Uh, Paul writes here, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Thanks be to God. Amen. <clears throat> well, Merry Christmas again, or at least almost uh, Christmas. Today and, and tonight, we're going to celebrate together uh, our Savior's birth, of course. And as you know, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at this Advent and Christmas series called The Heart of Christmas. Uh, and often I, I think I want to look at that because often we get lost in, in all the gifts and the decorations and the parties and we miss the very heart of Christmas, which are God's gifts of hope and peace and joy and love, <clears throat> all of which, again, are made possible by the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus. So remember, December 3rd, we began to look at this series by looking at the hope that we have in Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, gives us hope in the present. And God also gives us hope that he's going to return. Jesus is coming back and he's going to restore all things. December 10th, we considered the wonderful gift of peace in the heart of Christmas. Peace with God, the peace of God, peace with ourselves even, and peace with one another. December 16th, of course, the youth and children gave us a beautiful uh, nativity play that reminded us of, of the wonderful birth of Jesus. Then on December 17th, we looked at the joy that is ours in God coming to us, that God entered our messiness to save us, that God continues to be with us in our messiness, and we can have joy that he's loving us through it all. We can also have joy because God's not finished with us. He loves us too much to leave us the way we are, so he, he's continuing to work in our lives. He's changing us. He's sanctifying us. Today, we consider the theme that, that holds it all together. At the heart of Christmas is the great love of God for each and every one of us, and that love is the greatest gift ever. 
Now, I was wondering, could we be honest with one another here on Christmas Eve? Tonight, tomorrow, sometime, maybe already, you're going to receive a gift that's, well, not exactly your favorite gift. Therefore, you're, you're going to have to figure out how to respond without hurting someone's feelings or how you're going to respond without being totally awkward. And I see people grinning and elbows and things going on. Maybe it's happened already, right? It happens. So I read some suggested responses. See what you think, folks. Well, 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 now there's a gift. No, really, I didn't know there was a Chia Pet tie. And it's clip-on as well. You know, I always wanted one of those. Would you jog my memory? What is it exactly? You know what? I'm going to find a special place to put this gift. Boy, you don't see craftsmanship like that anymore, and it's such an interesting color as well. You say that was the last one? I'm sure glad you grabbed that baby up for me. And finally, you shouldn't have. No, really, I mean it. You shouldn't have. There you go. I hope that'll help you later tonight or tomorrow morning. But here's the thing. We, we don't really need lines. We don't really need rehearsal for the gift we celebrate today tonight, tomorrow, and every day. It's the greatest gift ever. And maybe, though, on second thought, we do need some rehearsal. Maybe on second thought, we do need help with words. But, but it's because there are no words adequate to describe and to express our joy for the love that God has given us in Christ Jesus. When God sent His Son to us, it was an expression of His unfailing, relentless love. His love is the most wonderful of gifts because it meets our greatest need. It's the solution to our sinful state. His gift is priceless because you and I could never purchase it. It's a never-ending gift. It's a beautiful, kind, caring, amazing gift because it is the gift of true love. At the heart of Christmas is God's steadfast love for you and for me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Have you ever received a gift that was just right on time, that was right on time. In seminary, we received a scholarship or honorarium from a congregation we didn't even know. And it turns out when the gift came and they didn't know us, they just heard we were a student that wanted to uh, pastor a small church when we got out, and, and they were a small church. And so they sent us a gift, and it was exactly the amount that we needed to pay the rest of our bills and get us through seminary. A gift that was right on time. 
early in ministry, like many couples just starting out, we, our budget was pretty small. And somehow we would save up enough money to take a little simple vacation, but we rarely had the money for the extras that you like to do on vacation. Inevitably, though, a, a couple of people would come to us at the last minute with a gift and say, do something for your girls on vacation. Take Jeanette out to dinner on vacation. Uh, enjoy your time. A gift that was right on time. Just this past year, you gave me a sabbatical, a gift that was indeed at just the right time. And the same thing happens sometimes, you know, I'll get phone calls out of the blue. I'll get a card or there'll be a kind word as we leave worship and it, somehow it's just what I need at that moment for whatever my anxiety is, whatever my frustration is, it's a gift that's right on time. Have you received such gifts? I hope so. A word from someone that was just right on time. I know of at least one gift that was right on time. It's the gift of God's love in Jesus. Galatians 4 verses 4 to 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. You see, we believe that God has always had a plan and a timing for our redemption. Our redemption was not an afterthought. Our redemption was not plan B for God. It's not like God said, hey, you know, they messed up in the Garden of Eden. I'm going to try this sacrificial system for a while. Oh, no, that's not working. Let's go to plan B and let's send Jesus. No. God all along had a plan that in the fullness of time, he was going to redeem us. And God has a plan in the fullness of time to send his son to restore everything. He's going to return in the fullness of time. You see, because of love, God wasn't willing to sit back and watch us struggle. Instead, when the time was right, God gave his son. I believe God's timing is always right, even when we can't fully understand it and see it. But even by human standards, we can see that the timing of God sending his son was perfect. It was the right time religiously. During the exile and the dispersion of the Jews, they had developed synagogues all over the known world. And synagogues in towns and villages provided the perfect place for Jesus to go and teach and to heal people. They also provided the perfect place for the disciples early on to go and to share the gospel. Culturally, it was the right time. During the first several centuries, of the apostles could take advantage of a common language. Alexander the Great had thoroughly established Greek culture and language throughout the known world. A common language was just a, a blessing, a boost to the spread of the gospel. It was also the right time politically. Rome had instituted the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, which provided economic and political stability. But more importantly, for the spread of the gospel, a magnificent system of roads were built by the Romans. Again, a major boost for the spread of the gospel. God had a plan. 
And his plan was right on time. God loved us so much that he intervened at just the right time. And I believe one day at just the right time, God will once again say enough. He'll say enough. And in his great love, he's going to return in glory at just the right time. And he'll give us a new heaven and a new earth. God's gift of love is right on time. And then it's also amazing. So amazing that I have trouble wrapping my mind around it. I understand it at some level, but I can still hardly believe it. I can hardly believe that the creator of the universe, think about it, the creator of the universe loves you and me. Let's read our text again. And where it says, sons, I'm going to also add daughters. Uh, we know that the ancient world was a patriarchal society uh, and only sons were heirs. But both sons and daughters are children of God. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter than an heir through God. The full expression of God's love for you and I is that we've been adopted by God. Because of God's love, we've become children of God. You and I have become brothers and sisters in Christ. We have the amazing privilege of calling him Abba, Father, which really means Daddy, Father. Think about that one for a while. Let that one blow your mind that we are given the privilege by Jesus that we could call God Daddy, an intimate term. What love. J.I. Packer wrote, Adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel offers, higher even than justification. To be right with God the judge is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God the Father is greater still. It just doesn't get any better than that, folks. To be loved by God, to have an intimate relationship with God. So many people spend their lives missing that truth. They miss the truth that God loves them. God's not out to get us. He has provided a way for us to be adopted into his family. By Jesus, we are children of God. Again, my favorite verse, 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what or who we are. Ephesians 1, speaking of our adoption, says in verses four to, 7 to 8, in him, that is in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. You realize that? The Lord has lavished love upon us. By the blood of Jesus, he has lavished 
grace upon grace upon us. You understand lavished, right? It means to provide in abundance. It, it means to give more than enough. It means to give in excess. Love and grace has been poured out on you and I in abundance. God has given us excessive love in Jesus Christ. Excessive grace. His love and grace far exceeds the love and grace we parents and grandparents give our children and grandchildren. Far, far exceeds it. And you need to know that. You need to believe in that love and grace for it's the key I think it's the key to loving self. I think it's the key to loving others. Christmas is a season where we can get so caught up in all kinds of things. And we can miss the point that love is the motivation. The love of God and our love for self and for one another is at the very heart of Christmas. Many of you are familiar with 1 Corinthians 13, but I want to read uh, the opening eight verses once again. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Someone has suggested a way that this passage might be heard here at, at Christmas time. Listen carefully to it. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows and strands of twinkling lights and shiny ornaments, but do not have love, I'm just a decorator. If I work hard in the kitchen, baking Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table, but do not have love, I'm just another cook. If I work at a soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, attend a myriad of holiday parties, sing in the choir cantata, and give all that I have to charity, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind even when harried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. 
Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that the kids are there to get in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. The obvious point, beloved, is don't miss the love that's at the very heart of Christmas. It's a time. It's a time to stop and hug your kids. It's a time to kiss your spouse. It's a time to draw in family and friends and love them. The heart of Christmas is love. God's right on time, amazing, adopting love is the reason we can have hope and peace and joy. And, and God's amazing love calls you and I to not get so caught up in the glitz and the glamour of Christmas that we fail to love one another. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We couldn't earn it. We, could, we don't deserve it. Still, God gave himself away for us. That's a gift for which no words are adequate. But it's a gift we all need. It's a gift you won't have to return. It's a gift we can all enjoy thoroughly enjoy I pray you will experience that deep deep love of Christ and you'll share it with one another let's pray together Lord God Thank you for your love that was right on time in the coming of Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus in the fullness of time. Thank you for the love that's on time even now. And Lord, you know all the hurting, struggling people in our community. We've named just a few this morning. Oh, I pray that your love would be right on time for them. In the darkest of moments, that your love would be right on time. That your love would be right on time encouraging them, caring for them, holding them when they feel like they cannot put one foot in front of the other. We thank you that you're going to return and it's going to be right on time. But in the meantime, go with us. We thank you for adopting us as sons and daughters. Yours truly is an overwhelming, amazing love. No way we deserve it. No way we could ever earn it. But we praise you for giving your great love. We pray, O oh God, that we would give more love away. Make us more loving. Give us more grace to give to others. 
May we lavish it upon the people around us. Love and grace, lavish it upon them as you have lavished it upon us. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory, praise, and honor today and forevermore. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.